now that heart is beating fast And that's the rhythm I can dance to oh, I'm mighty glad I've got a chance to That one big heart that's beating fast Tomorrow morning let it rain Tomorrow morning let it pour Tonight we're in the groove together Ain't gonna worry about Stormy weather Gonna kick all trouble Out the door Beat out old trouble on drum Beat out old trouble on drum Beat out old trouble on drum And kick all trouble out the door Beat me that rhythm on the drum Welcome to Radical Australia on Community Radio 3CR. This program is streaming on 3cr.org.au. The program is podcast. You can access the podcast by going to 3cr.org.au. My name's Joseph Toscano and young Kelly Whitworth put a hand in the large bucket we have down at Snowtown and she pulled out Inez Tullock. Hello. Hi. Hi. Hello. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> Look, don't worry. I don't bite. I know, I know. It's all right. I only, I only devour my Oh, life. no. <laughs> <laughs> that way you don't feel anything at the end of the day. Now, Inez, look, I've seen you here at 3CR for a number of months and I've got a shock today because here you are in the studio, you're doing all the work, you're doing the panel operating and I'm obviously chatting to you. But for the first time, is it three months or two months you've been here? Almost three, I think, yeah. 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 I've yeah. seen your face without a mask. I know. I was shocked. <laughs> I couldn't believe it. What is that person on the other end of this? Microphone. I don't know whether I should be offended by that or. <laughs> no, 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 no. It's just, it's just, it's funny, isn't it? You know, things we take for granted for so long, and then all of a sudden things change. You yeah. Know, everybody's wearing a mask, and then all of a sudden you think, oh, they're more than a pair of eyes in a forehead. It's true. Yes. Well, we've got this lovely perspex. We're we're a little bit protected in here, so. Yeah, we're. The fine. mask comes off. The mask comes off. Well, it has to come off to be able to <laughs> speak. I mean, otherwise we mm. muffled. Yeah. Now, Inez, I heard a rumour oh, gosh. that you were born in Rockhampton. Is this correct? That's correct. Oh! Yes. <laughs> Another one. You, you mob are taking over. What's going on? <laughs> well, we have to get out of there pretty quickly. So, yeah? Um, yeah. Uh, can you tell us what year you were born? You don't have to, but just to um, orientate our listeners. You can fudge it if you want to. <laughs> I'm an 85er. Uh, so 19 December 6, 1985. Is... 85? Mm-hmm. You're very young to be here at 3CR. <laughs> Usually people here are over 60, you know. Yeah. <laughs> and 70 and 80. Well, um, I'll, I'll take it. I'll take it when I'm the young one. <laughs> mm. You know, I've got a great deal of respect for you. Oh, that's very nice I, of you to say. No, 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 it's true because, look, I've got some experience of four triple setting. Brisbane, and I heard you were station manager there at one stage. Is that correct? I was. I was for a stint there, yeah, acting that, station manager. Acting. That's like herding cats. It is. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it 
was. I was the leader of the cats. <laughs> it was a, it's such a difficult mob to organise, <laughs> and for to be station manager there, you've got to have it. You got to have it. So you were born in Rockhampton in 1985. Now, what's the first thing you remember about being on planet Earth? Oh gosh. Um. I remember being afraid of snakes underneath my bed when I was maybe three. There's nothing wrong with that. I st- I'm still afraid of snakes. When, oh, I wake, yes. when I wake up, at, well, I live in the country, when I wake up at three in the morning and put my feet on the ground to do what old people have to do, I'm thinking, is there a snake under the bed? <laughs> <laughs> so it never leaves So you. it's a real fear. It sh- yeah. I should bring it back into, <laughs> into action. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's a real fear. No, it's real. Obviously, did you live in the country or in Rockhampton itself? Um, we lived really close to the um, uh, the Kershaw Gardens. It was so there was a, a little creek that ran down into the Fitzroy River. So we often had snakes in the yeah, backyard. Red belly black snakes. Yeah. Well, yeah. mostly it was just little green snakes, so little it wasn't too ones. bad. Right. But yeah, yeah, plenty of carpet snakes, but right. always the fear of. Um, right. Yeah. Are your parents still alive? They are. Can yes. we say good things about them? Or I can. Yeah. Tell us about them. Okay. Um, so my dad is John. Uh, he lives in Strathpine. He's retired now, um, but for his life, he's worked for Borrell Asphalt for a long, long, long time. Um, and my mum, Carmel, uh, she lives in Toowoomba, still working. Um, she has a group of social enterprises. One is a catering business in Toowoomba. And then she also works with um, my sister who lives in Cambodia and they have a group of social enterprises there. <coughs> I'm shocked. <laughs> Toowoomba, Cambodia, Nexus. Yes. Uh, we'll, we'll go into that later on. Yeah. <laughs> Do you have any other siblings? Yes. Oh, no, just my sister. Just and, your sister. Yeah. That's yeah. enough. Yeah. I think living in Cambodia, that must give you nightmares sometimes. Yeah. Well, yeah. Um, it's been hard with COVID. Yeah, you know. I can imagine. Yeah. So, where did you go to primary school? I went to Bursica Primary School. What? Bursica. <laughs> Bursica. What's yeah. that? Um, it was just a little primary school uh, not too far away from our house. Um, mm. Absolutely loved it. Amazing green and yellow uniform. Right. Public school. Um, yeah. You haven't got one of those sweaters left with the names of all the grade sixes on your back, have you? Oh, I don't. <laughs> you should. I think I've got one one of the uniform shirts left just because it was so cute. Right. I loved the colours. <laughs> yeah, yellow and green. Yeah. yeah well, that seems reasonable. What was life like for a youngster in Rockhampton in those days? Um, it was pretty great. Um Apart I mean, from the I was, snakes, obviously. Yeah, yeah. I actually was a little bit sick as a kid, so right. um, until I got my tonsils out when I was about eight, and then kind of life really began. Um, mm. yeah, was, yeah. Look, it's a terrible period, I know, because I, I graduated as a doctor in, was it, 75. When I graduated, we ripped out tonsils left, right and centre. Oh, yeah. And by the 1980s, it was... You didn't touch anybody. Mm. And so you're a victim of that and you'd get recurrent tonsillitis. Yeah, I was really unwell. Yeah. Um, so that meant that I I missed a fair bit of school yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, until grade three. Mm. Did that affect your uh, ability to fit in with the other students? Um, maybe a bit shy, I would say. Mm. Um, but 
on the one on the other hand, it made me quite obsessed with school and obsessed, wanted to learn. Obsessed, yeah, you wanted to learn. To, yeah, <laughs> I would head to the library um, in the lunch times and just kind of bury myself in the books and you know become you, you friends with run, the librarians. You weren't running, <laughs> running around in the sunshine and. You know, jumping up and down and hitting balls and hockey sticks <laughs> and all that stuff. Well, I'm, I wasn't very good at sports, so, you know, had to go the other way. <laughs> you became friends with the librarian. Yes. <laughs> you ever look back on those days? Yeah. Well, I mean, I think it was kind of special. My mum was working a lot so and dad travelled a lot with work. So after school, we would go to the library that was down the road and just, you know, read everything from Dolly magazine to... You know, goosebumps re- books. Were, excuse and... me, excuse me. You were reading Dolly magazines in primary school. <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> What's going on? Yes, here? Yeah. yeah. The Dolly Doctor was hilarious. It was. <laughs> Did you understand all the words? No, no, <laughs> no. <laughs> not a chance. They were real doctors, you know. Yeah. <laughs> that was the problem. Really? Yeah. I'm shocked. Yeah. And obviously, you are. Uh, is there anything you remember specifically about? primary school in terms of your development as a human being? Mm. Um, I remember becoming obsessed with music. Obsessed again. Yes. The library and music. Yes. Yeah. Um, well, that was more of a jealousy of my sister. She, um, she was learning piano and I wanted everything that she was doing. So, yeah, I hassled my parents so I could jump on that when I was, yeah, in year three as well. So she was a bit older, was she? Yeah, two years older. So you had a piano at home? Yes, we did. Yeah. Non-tuned, like most pianos at Yeah, home. it was pretty pretty uh, rackety, yeah, <laughs> rickety pi- and rackety. Yeah, I've got a piano. I don't think it's been open for 25 years. Oh, honest. wow. You know what happens. You get kids, they have piano lessons, and then they move on and, yeah. and hate you for the rest of your life. But you're different. You loved your piano lessons. You demanded piano lessons. I did, yes. Um, yeah, my sister moved on from it pretty quickly, but I stuck I stuck until the end of high school. Yeah. So did you do music at school? Um, a little bit, yes. I um, picked up cello when I was in primary school as well. You so. did cello and yeah. piano. Yeah, yeah. Overachiever. <laughs> Overachiever. <laughs> it just became something that I really – loved and wanted to do all the time um what did your poor dad think of the expense of getting a cello as you got older yeah I had to make the decision in high school it was either piano or cello and at that time I'd picked up a bass guitar off off a um cousin and so he was just like you have to choose here something's got to go so the cello had to go sadly but Mm. Might have been for the best. Who well, knows? You never know. When you get old and grey, you may get back to the cello. You exactly. Never know. Well, yeah. I was taught by a violinist, so the the transition of going from a violin teacher to a cello teacher in high school, I'd learnt all the wrong techniques. Right, right. Um, yeah, yeah, so yeah. it was a little bit... Yeah, it's like when I first started surgery, because I'm, I'm, I'm ambidextrous, oh. so I didn't actually know what hand to tie the... You know, the sutures with, which was a real problem when you're doing surgery. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Remind me never to get surgery with you. Oh, I'm too old for that crap. <laughs> I'm too old for that. Yeah, there's no way. No way. You get to an age and you know you've got to move on. Yeah. So high school, where was that? Um, I went to Emmaus for one year. Emmaus? Um, yes. It was Sounds a, like Inez. Yeah, um, yeah, it was a Catholic school. Um, so what, from did your primary. parents think you needed a bit of discipline, did they? Yeah, I think they 
they mum was still working a lot, so I think they thought that we needed um, maybe they thought it was a better ed- education there or something. Um, mm. But yes, lasted one year and then went to Glenmore High School. Um, which had an accelerated learning program that I was really like. Listening, well, obviously you would have, you, you would have joined cello, piano, library. You're the <laughs> yeah. It was all going pretty good there for a while and, until the end of high school, and then I kind of yeah, I was I finished a few subjects in year eleven, and then I because of the accelerated learning, and then yeah, kind of things fell off. Became a teenager. I guess things mm. fell off the you, rails. You, 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 don't, you don't look like a wild teenager to me. Not that I should make assumptions. Uh, yes. I mean, there's not many places to be wild at in Rockhampton, is there? Oh, there's yes. You you find the places. That's for yeah. sure. Well, fast cars and uh, yeah, fast cars, um, train lines, oh, skate parks. Oh, um, you, you didn't know. play chicken on the train lines, did you? No, no, no. No. All no. oh, right. That's but okay. just there was a little bridge that you could sit underneath the train line yeah. it was it was pretty yeah i remember um well, i think it was 90 this is all before you were born i think it was 1972 i came down to melbourne for a few months to join the um dingo collective which is across the we used to be across the road it was a anarchist free store and we squatted the archbishop's house in <laughs> in Whoa. turak Whoa. and there were some really weird folk squatting and one of them would go out in the middle of the night and lay on the train track and wait for a train to run over them. Oh, my god! I still remember that. It was just, we'd think, ooh, is he going to be that's, collected? That's and That's what terrifying. I thought maybe you were playing chicken oh, with no. the trains in Rockhampton. No, 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 no nothing. No, just, yeah, underneath them. It was like a, anyway, a little pocket that you could sit underneath a train going over you. Yeah, so why do you think things went a little bit off the rail as you were big? Ending high school. I, I mean, here you are, an A plus student, and all of a sudden, yeah. My my parents split up when I was in when I was about ten or eleven, right, right. Um, and I think Mum kind of she was a workaholic and also had some other things going on, so um, she kind of disappeared, and it, and then it was just my dad was traveling all the time, so I didn't see him, hmm. and so then it was just my sister and I, right. and we did the best that we could, but we also got into a lot of trouble. <laughs> oh, no, it's very hard. I mean, you haven't, uh, especially in a place like Rockhampton, everybody knows everybody, especially during that period. Well, it would be about 15,000, 20,000 people, wouldn't it? I think it's up to 60 or now, 70 now. Now, but I'm just talking yeah. about then. You yeah. Know. yeah, yeah. Yeah, because, you know, everybody knows everybody and you, mm. were the, you were the kids down the road who were living with their dad and he's yeah. working and yeah. yeah, puts a lot of pressure on you. Mm. Mm. I think... It's a problem, isn't it? I mean, some parents stay together for the sake of the kids and destroy the kids, and some parents separate and they still destroy the kids. Yeah, it seems to be the collateral. One. It's very tricky, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, yeah. You've never faced that problem in your life, have you? No, no children. Good, um. good, good, good. You've learned. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've got a dog. That's that's enough for me. <laughs> oh, I've met the dog. You brought yeah. him to three CR. I was impressed with the dog. Oh, he's very sweet. Yeah, yeah, but he was small. That's what I was impressed about. And his teeth were small. <laughs> I mean, there are people who used to bring before the lockdown. People would bring dogs to three CR. You'd worry about, you know. Yes. Yes. I've I've met Big Lenny. He's so such a sweetie, but he's yeah. huge. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I know. He's he's well behaved to some of the dogs we've had here. Oh, yeah. 
<laughs> you'd hide. Because <laughs> if they jump on you, they like push you down. Oh, that's oh, wrong. Gosh. Yeah. So, what is a young lady or a young woman? I should say. My apologies. What is a young woman who's kind of struggled through the end of high school do when she graduates? Um, I had been playing in a band at that point. What was it called? Um, it was called The Silence for a little bit and Placid for a little bit. Ah. Um, oh, you're doing the pub scene in Rocky. Yeah, we were. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Tell so, us a few of the pubs. Oh, what was um, – there was the Common Commonwealth, I think. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which we would do every Friday evening there. Yeah. Um, I was still in high school at this point, so they would have um, the, the topless girl – Bonnie would be there when we arrived, and all the old um, all, leches, all the old leches would be there. Yes, yes, and this girl <laughs> people band's my age. like yeah, yeah, yeah. This girl band is loading in their gear and setting up for you know doing a couple of sets. Yeah, um, yeah. I'm trying to think about where else we would play. We'd play at the Birdcage, which was like right. the uni bar. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, O'Dowd's was another one. Yeah. Uh, I don't think we ever played at the Shady Swan, but we would go to the Shady, Shady Swan. Swan. <laughs> do, and do I dare ask what type of music you did? It was just alternative rock, I would say. Oh, right. um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. A bit of pop in there, I guess. Um, did anybody ever throw any bottles at you? Uh, <laughs> not <laughs> at rough, that point. It can, can be a rough place, Rocky. Yeah, it can be. <laughs> yeah. I remember... Um, at the Pineapple Festival in Yapoon, though, a sound guy, when we were setting up, came up and said, oh, chicks with guitars, don't tell my daughter. And that was kind of the beginning of realising that maybe it was pushing the boundaries a little bit in terms of what people had expected. <laughs> chicks with guitars. Yeah, yeah. I reckon that could be a band name. It probably is, I'd say. I, I mean, chicks with guitars. <laughs> yeah. You know, I mean, I like Yeah. Oh, you were yodeler once. I forgot. Yeah, they were interesting. A yodeler. Yodeler. They're still around, you know. That's a lovely skill. It's a hard skill. Yeah. Um, it's almost as bad as throat singing, I think. Yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> people got to understand you. Yeah. If you ever go, if, once the place opens up, if you ever go to the Cuckoo, which is kind of a fake German restaurant that's been forever up in the Dandenongs, mm. uh, they have a yodeler on Saturday. Oh, uh, yeah. They used to. Oh, I'd love to see that. <laughs> it's it's great, everybody. <laughs> Chomping away on your sausages. And you're listening to the Odler in, you know, in her uh, little Austrian or German costume. Mm, yeah, that's that? really, yeah, I'd love to see that. It's, it's now very, that we're able to go out, maybe I'll go yeah, and see the, it. The cuckoo, the, it's not cheap, but yeah. the cuckoo, but it's, it, it's an institution in the Danny Nongs. Mm. Unfortunately, they've had a bad run. They, mm. were, they were caught up in the... Um, you know, the storm that was there about, oh, about yeah. 15, 16 months ago where all the yeah. trees collapsed around them. It was bad. Then there was the COVID-19 lockdown and mm. I'd been yearning to go back but haven't been able to do it. Yeah. Every time I ring up it says, when are locker open at the minute? <laughs> yes. Soon, hopefully. No restrictions, I think. So after high school, did, mm -hmm. can I... So rude as to ask, did you get any marks worth while where you could go somewhere? Um, I got marks okay. I enrolled at the C at CQU, right? Um, because I was in this band, I wanted to stick around and see how it went. Mm -hmm. um, and so I got into a Bachelor of Arts, um, and I was just kind of figuring out what my major would be. 
Um, and yeah, about halfway through that, I decided that, you know, I'd had Jack of Rockhampton and moved to Brisbane. Well, that's quite reasonable. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's the story, isn't it, of the small country towns, regional areas. Anybody who wants a different future moves on. Yes. And it's just that simple because you know what's ahead of you. It's like uh, um, the singer who uh, sang an introductory song. She, her most famous song is Girls in Our Town. Mm. Have you ever heard that one? No, I no, haven't. It's called Girls in Our Town and it actually gives the life of a young girl, young woman in a rural, regional town, you mm-hmm. know, and it's a very sad song because obviously there's really no future for them. Mm. Yeah. You either work at the local roadhouse or the local supermarket or the local bakery yeah, and that's about it and then you have kids and it starts all over again. I'm being negative. This was supposed to be a helpful, <laughs> happy interview. Oh, yeah. It's just all right, a... you arrived at the big lights. Have you ever been yes. to Brisbane before? Yes, I had oh. been going to Brisbane a bit. My mum and my sister had moved from Rockhampton at that point. So I was, as soon as I got my licence, I was kind of driving down to as much as possible. Yeah, yeah. So it's a boring drive, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, and long as well. I can't believe I was doing that by myself, but... Yeah, oh, it's all right. So most of the mass murderers were up in New South Wales at that point in time. Oh, great! You'd be all didn't right. cross the border. <laughs> didn't cross the border. <laughs> can I can I ask what suburb you ended in? Uh, we landed in Paddington. Oh yes, Arthur Terrace was yes. the street, and in an old um, rundown sort of house that we thought. Yeah. Maybe had have had a life as a brothel before us. I wouldn't as be surprised was, if it was Paddington. Yeah, <laughs> there was rooms attached to rooms, and it was mm, um, mm. you know the back uh, veranda had been painted blue. There was a large fish tank in the corner and yep. a chandelier in this rundown old house. house yeah, yeah. Um, Could have been a boarding house. They weren't called brothels. Oh, they were called me. boarding houses. Yes. <laughs> Yes, well, a boarding house. But we fit a lot of people into that house, and I think we were all paying $40 a week in rent or something. Oh, that's, so. dis- that's disgusting. That's a lot of rent. <laughs> yeah. $40 a week. Yeah. That's extraordinary. You wouldn't have been earning any money as a uh, as a musician, would you? Oh, uh, no. No, not at that point. Nothing. Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. I don't know if I've ever earned much money as a musician, that's right, for sure. Right, yeah. right, right, right. <laughs> That's amazing. I can't believe it. $40. That was, what, 95 96 I know. It would have been 2000 Whoa. something. That is yeah. cheap rent. Yeah, yeah. That <laughs> is very, very cheap rent, $40. Mm. That's extraordinary. I can't believe it. It's so cheap. Yeah. Unbelievable. How many of you? 15 there? Um, I think the total rent was 240 So right, how many does right. that mean? Maybe. I can't remember. Yeah. But all I remember was that we would, you know, there were so many of us that if everybody turned up at home with a six-pack, it was a party. So, <laughs> Did you get your own room? or Yes. Oh, yeah, well, I that's, got my that's own a positive. Room. And, yeah. uh, did you get a little corner in the fridge? Yes. Yeah, no. there was a couple of fridges going. Yeah, but, were there yeah. little notices up everywhere? Clean yes. up after yourself? Yes, yes. There was, um, as one of the housemates says, you can clean it up, but you can't polish a turd. <laughs> 
<laughs> was, it, was it one of these sloping Paddington houses on a hill? It was. Um, yeah. yeah, we used to play like indoor croquet through it and set up little, um, yeah, little nice. activities that we could do throughout the house. There was a downstairs and, yeah, it was very, it was a silly old place. Mm. So what were you doing to earn a crust at this particular point in time? Um, my sister got me a job at the bakery down the road, actually. Ah, you could have stayed in Rockhampton and yeah. got a job at the bakery. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so I had decided to try study externally, so I was still doing that. Um, what, from, from Rocky, Central mm-hmm. Queensland? Oh, yeah. that's interesting. That's, that's hard. Studying externally. Yes, it didn't work. (laughs) (laughs) It's very hard. Yes. Because there's too many distractions when you're young and living in a group house. Absolutely, yeah. And, yeah, at that point, you know, email and using the internet wasn't a huge thing yet, so... No, it wouldn't um, have been, no. Yeah. Um, So, yeah, it was just trundling down to the bakery and um, hanging out and listening to music and going to shows, I think. Yeah. The bakery. Yeah. Did you have those disgusting cream buns with jam? We did. Oh my gosh. <laughs> we yes, at the end of the end of the evening we would be just crazy for the food. <laughs> did you get all the leftovers? Yes, I would take them back to the house and yeah, yeah everyone yeah. was very very happy, especially that there was vegetarian pies, so yeah. But oh. I can't believe it. <laughs> I, was, I was first introduced to mung beans, I think, in 1970 in uh, West End near Paddington. Oh, yes. And that was supposed to be a revolutionary food. <laughs> I think they're still, they're still quite revolutionary. What? Sprouting what? is amazing. <laughs> well, yes. I've got to make a silk purse out of a sow's ear here if you're telling me sprouting is amazing. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> Well, it's delicious. Ever put a thing in the ground, you know, yeah. growing them, <laughs> yeah. you know? No, you just, want to, you just put a bit of water and watch them sprout. Oh, it's magic. Absolute magic. Magic. <laughs> you, know, you know what's really magic? Mm. I looked in my letterbox this morning mm. and there were four young parrots in there. What? Yeah, uh, I've got a post office box because you, you never use your letterbox in the yeah. country and uh, it's got a big slit at the top. Yeah. And I, I knew a parrot had laid eggs in there. And I had a look today. I thought, oh, I'll see what's going on. And there they were, four little oh. hungry beasts. Poor mother. She'd be racing around trying to find food for them. Yeah. Now, that's exciting. That's not what – That is exciting. Watching mung beans sprout. <laughs> Relative, oh, come on. Yes, come on. Yes. I can see that that is way more exciting. <laughs> I can't believe you. Uh, and, and did you still play? Um, I didn't have a group for a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was just kind of – um, playing songs with a friend of a friend. Um, and then I was picking up, I was reading the street press a lot mm-hmm. um, and going to a lot of gigs and I thought, oh, I'll see if there's anybody looking for a band and um, a bassist. And, yeah, I saw an ad in there for a group and it was um, a style of music that I was interested in at the time and so gave them a call and joined the band. No audition? Um, I think it was a meeting. A and meeting. Just, yeah, <laughs> like a bit of a chat to see if we got along well. And, yeah, that yeah. type of thing. And, yeah. And obviously you became 
famous after that? Uh, no, <laughs> no, never became famous. Right, right. What's the? Did you ever play? What's the ball? I've forgotten the name. What's the ballroom? I think it's been knocked down. Is it the ballroom on top of the hill? Oh, yes, I think it has been. That's knocked gone. Down. That's how old I am. <laughs> and how about the? Um, what's the famous nightclub down there at? Uh, you farm the oh. valley around there, or near there. They got Cloudland. Pulled. Was it Cloudland? That was they right. That was Cloudland. Yeah. That was the one on top of the hill. Yeah. That, that was. I remember I went to a lot of gigs there. Mm. So that's gone. Uh, it was gone for a long time, and now <laughs> it's been refurbished, and it's quite. Um, oh. Yeah, I haven't been in there, but seen the photos, and it's very opulent. Oh. It looks like. Yeah. It's good. Yeah. Good. Yeah. So you're a little bit of loose end. You're a young woman. You're in a band. You're working at the bakery? Yeah. Did you ever think of running away? Um, well, that's when kind of 4ZZZ entered the, the yeah, trajectory in that I was, you know, going to all these shows. I was interested in politics and wanted to do something a little bit more, wanted to kind of join a community and my friend was playing the radio and I listened to it and he was just like, why don't you go and volunteer? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I popped in my application form and um, started volunteering on reception. I don't think anybody's ever been rejected <laughs> from volunteering <laughs> at a community radio station. Well, I'm lucky I wasn't. <laughs> I like that. You put in your application <laughs> form and I think, what? <laughs> here, here at 3CR, we get down, well, once it's going to open up soon, we're going to have to get down on our hands and knees and... Ask people to come back. <laughs> you put an application for? Yes, I did. Yes. I was so shy and nervous. I was, yeah. Nervous? Yeah. At four triples there. I was. It was. Just a, they're know, just a bunch of rat bags. They are. I learned that. <laughs> I learned that pretty quickly. <laughs> I mean, they're a bunch of independent rat bags. They're not yeah. even part of the community radio network. Yeah. No, no, they're an incredible uh, crew. So what year was that? Do you remember? Um, I can't remember the exact year, but I would have been maybe 20, I think. Right, right. Yeah. And you yeah. said you're interested in politics. Well, why, why would you be bothered to be interested in <laughs> politics? <laughs> um, I guess because I'd always, you know, was in, interested in the environment and... Um, the environment, living in a group house and you're interested in the environment. Yes, <laughs> and, you know, um, being in the left, I guess, in general, mm. had been a big part of my, mm. um, yeah... So what things were going on in Brisbane then? Then um, there was a lot of DIY venues yep. that we would go to. Mm-hmm. Um, we became part of a few different um, like community groups, I guess. Um, and moving further into that over time, I, I started living in um, Turnstile, which was like a, what they called a home unity Um and so that's more reaching into the mid-20s, but... Could you tell us about Turnstile? Yeah, so that was two houses on Laura Street. Um, one of them was more established and it had underneath it um, a bike workshop, um, a community bookstore, uh, a permaculture garden, and they would put on um, community events um, and then we moved into the house next door as it became for rent. So it kind of extended onto the two of them and we um, worked on the underneath of the house to, to do it up and it became a hacker's space. Um, right. And 
yeah, moved the bike workshop next door so there was more space underneath the other one for events and had mm-hmm. some chickens out the back and, mm. yeah. Well, it's interesting what you say. See, see, people don't understand. They're, they're, you're talking about downstairs, downstairs, underneath. <laughs> I mean, I don't think people understand that houses in Brisbane, many of the houses in the older suburbs are on stilts That's because of the floods, correct. the perennial floods. So yes. These were the classical flood houses, were they? Mm-hmm. In Highgate Hill, so, yeah. 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 And did you have the little metal thing on top to prevent the termites eating you out of house and home? Yes, we did. (laughs) Yeah. I never realised that's what they were for. I thought they were just cute hats. (laughs) (laughs) No, no. I was born in Brisbane. I I look... uh, Yeah, you know. I mean, uh, I remember the the great floods of 74 where about a third of the city was inundated. And, uh, yeah, I mean, all those houses were on stilts. It wasn't because they were pretty. It's because... Practically, it would flood every year. Yeah. You know, the, the Brisbane River would flood because Brisbane was built on a floodplain. <laughs> yes. Yeah, well, I I went through the 2011 floods and, yep. and that's yep. that's the only ones. But, I mean, that was a pretty fun and oh. strange time. Uh, tell us about what happened to the 2011 flood. wouldn't have been a good as 74. I'll, I'll tell you a story in a minute. But you tell your story about the floods. Okay. <laughs> we had a lot of friends living in West End, so oh, yeah. they, they get absolutely smashed by the floods so we were going around and helping people move move everything out of their houses or their apartments and Mm. then on one street um we just decided to make sandwiches for people who had been working down there or the people just so they had something to eat while they were going through this horrible time um and then on the other side of that we still had power and were relatively safe up at our up at the highgate hill house so we ended up having a lot of people come and stay with us and charge mm. their phones and I remember doing home care cuts. That's right. <laughs> Those are the things you get up to when the city is underwater, you know. Yeah, it was, it was yeah. kind of fun in, in its... Did you get into a rowboat or did you get that far? No, I didn't no. get into a rowboat. Um, <laughs> we did go wandering around a bit, you know, with all the streets blocked off and, yeah, you know, yeah, military yeah. around and stuff. It felt very post-apocalyptic. So, was it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, we weren't that organised in '74. I remember I was living in a in a hotel near Breakfast Creek. I was living upstairs in mm. a room upstairs with a friend. And about three o'clock in the morning, I don't know why, I must have heard something. It's like the snakes under the bed story, and I, I put my feet <laughs> over the bed into water. Oh my god! Up to me knee, and I'm thinking, am I dreaming or is this real? And it's the second story of the pub. We had no inkling. Nobody had told us. And then eventually, you know, there were these rowboats coming past, knocking on windows, trying to extract people. Wow. It was, uh, yeah, it was very funny when you Lucky think about it. Lucky you got it. out of that. Oh, we were young. We were young. We were young and reckless and stupid. So, Like you like you were, you know. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> you don't take any, any. I'm just amazed. They still had them in 2011. You'd think they'd do some flood mitigation program. yeah. Um, I think the 2011 one was a bit of an uh, error of judgment. Was it like the, the old water from the dam mm-hmm. being released a bit early? Yes. This doesn't sound like much of a, an exciting life, you know. You, you're <laughs> playing in a band, you're working in a bankery, you're volunteering at 4 Z. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we started um, a few years into the volunteering. That's when we, um, my sister came back from Chile Chile. What was she doing in Chile? Was she part uh, of a revolution or something? (laughs) 
Yeah, she's quite revolutionary, I guess. Um, she was studying Spanish and linguistics at university. So, um, yeah, had a year abroad in mm. Yeah, mm. exchange. Um, but, I mean, due to that experience, she became quite interested in anarchy and joined the anarchist program and also decided to change her degree to journalism, mm. which coincided with, um, you know, our kind of ideas together and putting in a program um, application to start like a DIY radical radical creativity sh- program together. So On 4 triple Z. Mm-hmm. Well, they would have loved that. They did, yes. <laughs> yes, they did. It was very fun. Yeah. Um, and how, you and your sister did that together? Yeah, we had um, programs together for around four years, I guess. Right. Yeah. And then what, she decided Brisbane wasn't big enough for her? Exactly. How did you know this? <laughs> well, <laughs> <laughs> You've heard stories before. Well, it's a, that stage you had about one and a half million and now there's <laughs> two million and there's just a limited alternative culture in Brisbane. There is. And then there are the suburbs which go out indefinitely. Greater greater Brisbane. Right to Nambour and right down to the Gold Broadbeach. Mm. It's just, I won't. I'm not going to disparage where I was born. So, <laughs> she just, so where did she flit, flit off to? She moved to Jakarta. Right. Um, yes. Yeah, so. oh, as a journalist or just? Uh, yes. Yeah. She was um, working for a media organization. Um, yeah. I can't mm. quite remember what the no. role was. Right. Yeah. Right. So, and you got stuck in Brisbane. I did. Yes. I stayed in Brisbane. I loved Brisbane. Yeah, it was very... Can I ask why? (laughs) I think because the the music community is quite supportive, even though it's small or smaller, you know, than here. Mm. Um, It's quite diverse. So I was, you know, I was interested in experimental music. So there was a DIY venue for that. I was interested in punk and hardcore and there was a DIY venue for that. And then I was interested in music in between. So there might have been art galleries or, mm. you know, proper music yeah. venues, pubs, etc. So it felt to me like it was um, it was still really exciting and wonderful and there were so, there some really special people there, I think. You don't grab me as somebody who sweats. <laughs> because if you're hardcore punk, you sweat. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, I learned pretty quickly that I couldn't stand at the front of... <laughs> One of those things. And that's probably why I started doing mixing, actually. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so you're doing the mixing at the, punk, the yeah. hardcore punk scene. Yeah. Yeah. You, you weren't sweating. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> just stand to the side. Yeah, you just, yeah. I don't think you've got the, nothing personal, I don't think you've got the physical attributes, you know. <laughs> yeah. uh, so you yeah. never, you've never left Australia. Um, I have travelled a bit, yes. So. When, did, when did that happen? Um. Over the past, probably before COVID hit, mm-hmm. um, I was traveling quite a lot with music. Mm-hmm. Um, so What, you got paid to travel? Um, I wouldn't say we got paid. We paid to play shows, but um, I mean, it's all part of building a career, I guess, or like right, building... Right, right. Um, so, so, so what type of music are you trying to build a career on? Um, this current project is called Thigh Master. Thigh Master. <laughs> like a thigh. A thigh. <laughs> yeah. um, Has it got, is this a double meaning type of band? Or? Oh, I think it was, you know, the um, 
my partner who plays in the band uh, his brother was in it and he just it was from a song title it's it's we've probably outgrown it a long time over but yeah i think trying he, to rename a band is a pain in the butt, uh, butt <laughs> spots, yeah well there's no agreement is there yes mm, well i don't know if you have any names <sighs> let me know well, well t- tell me. Well, let's work it out now. Look, we have tons of <laughs> listeners. We'll get them to email Radical yes, Australia that'd with be a name. Great. Now, tell yep. us about the band. Yeah. Um, so it was started by my partner Matthew mm-hmm. um, around eight years ago, I think. Um, and it was with his uh, brother and good friend. Um, and then joining them was another good friend. Um, and when they toured to Japan in 2016 or 2015, I think, mm-hmm. the really good friend decided that they wanted to stay in Japan. Right. So I can understand why. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> so they came back to Australia and they still had um, shows booked and and I play guitar, so it was just, can you fill in on these shows? And, and then have been in the band ever since. So, yeah. Look, I've got a name for the band already. What is it? The Hervals. The Hervals. H e r v a l s. That's the actual group in the autonomous administration of North and East Syria that we're chatting with at the Whoa. minute, who actually formed the backbone of that revolution there. Whoa! And it means friend in Kurdish. Oh wow! The Hervals. That's incredible. <laughs> How's that? You could I, be, that's you an kept, amazing you, backstory. Yeah, you, you kept. You kept. Talking about friends, the friend yeah. of this and this yeah. and this and that. What are the Havals? Yeah, I like. I mean, that. I'm sure they'd like it. You know, a rock group probably can't give that enough credence. You know. <laughs> yeah, you could you could actually form a links with them, and yeah, you know, you, know, you could Let's be there. Do it. You could you could do tour the world. Yeah, there you are. You've yeah. done it. How, yeah. how many people in the band now? Um. Well, since COVID. Um, <laughs> Two of us. Two. Yeah. Oh, well, no, Rob Rob has been um, playing bass with us and um, oh. Dusty is still around the traps. Um, and what do you yeah. play? Uh, I play guitar and keyboard. And does anybody use their voice? Uh, yes. Maddie sings and I do a bit of um, backup oh. vocals. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I reckon the Havals will go far. Yeah. I think you'll do far. But I'm sure there's other listeners who've I'll got other, other, other names. Yes, please. So send please them send them in to... Uh, <laughs> Right. Look, you could send them here to 3CR. I just put uh, courtesy Inez, I-N-E-S. Yeah. And um, a name for the band. Yes. Yeah. How's that? Sounds good. 3cr.org.au. Yes. <laughs> send the name in. Yeah. I'm sure with the collective wisdom of the three listeners we have out there, we will be able to come up uh, with a name. You've got two more than four triple Z. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's not difficult. <laughs> So how did you – look, as I said, I've got a great deal of respect for you. I've, I don't know you, but mm. the fact that you were manager, station manager at 4 Z, that is a tough, tough, tough gig. These are very independent-minded people there. That's the history of 4 Z. Yes. So how did you manage to get them to kind of, you know, obey you? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I feel like the station manager role is a little bit more just keeping the ship steering rather than right. – um, you know, getting people to obey you. But um, mm-hmm. it was in a, in a bit of time, you know, th- with most community radio stations, it kind of has some a lot of times where there's big changes going on um, and they were doing a bit of a staffing restructure. So I ended up being, yeah, the acting station manager there for a, for a bit while they were doing that restructure and um, mm. 
So, so they funded on the same principle as three CR. You know, mainly listener sponsors and radio. A little bit different, um, mm. as they do take sponsorship. They take um, sponsorship, but it's, right? It's, it's still got a strict, um, yeah, yeah, policy yeah. around it. Well, you could tell them the Havals, you know, the new, this new great band. You, know? <laughs> <laughs> you could buy the license. Yeah, yeah. So, and where else did you go? Um, touring. Overseas, yeah. Uh, we went to the States. We've yeah. been to the States a couple of times. Oh, My, that's, um, that's a hard gig to crack. It is, yeah. Um, so Matthew grew up in Memphis, so um, he had kind of kept connections there. Mm. Um, and, yeah, we've been and we've been to Europe as well, so right, Japan, right. Europe and the States, yeah. And what did, you, what did you think of Japan? Loved it. Mm. Um, at the end of it, you kind of become a bit more aware of some of the more extreme cultural differences that are yep. happening and mm. um, understanding mm. of people being probably a bit sick of tourists, to be honest. But, yes, um, yes. Yeah. Depends where you go. Mm. I remember one, I think it was 2006 or 2007, I was with my late wife. I was. We were in, um, I think it was Osaka. You know, there's very strange people sometimes in Japan. I got yelled at in Osaka. <laughs> yes, it's very yeah. strange. It was about one o'clock in the morning. This naked man, full of filth, hadn't been washed for years, raced out of this apartment and started screaming, you know. Wow. <laughs> yeah, yeah, this is Osaka. And I'm thinking, oh, yeah, this is Osaka. <laughs> yeah, because there's, there's a lot of different kind of cultures mm. within the uh, urban framework and you've just it's just so difficult what i liked about japan i don't know if it's the, they still do it is they they used to open up all the subways in winter so that all the homeless people could actually uh keep warm oh that's good and they would here we tend to close them and well, yeah. here they close the doors here on the on the on the underground Terrible. stations but there they'd leave them open for uh, yeah homeless, and people would come in and with their you know, their sleeping bags and they'd have oh, their particular good. position, you know. <laughs> mm. Well, it gets, it's so freezing there, lots of... Oh, yeah, it's yeah, huge, snowing. huge issues. So what, where did you play in, in Japan? Obviously Osaka? Yes, Osaka, um, Tokyo. Yep. Um, oh, gosh, now I'm trying to think. Um, we did about maybe nine shows, I think. And how do you think you were received? Um... Some places good, some places not so good. Yeah. Um, the the lineups were pretty varied. Um, yeah. yeah, the one of the places we played, it was like a, um, you know, a hardcore band, and then um, there was like a Moulin Rouge band. So it was just kind of hodgepodge yeah. shows. But um, yeah, the ones where you connected with people, it was very fun. Yeah, yeah it is, it's a fascinating place. Mm. I remember I stayed once at the world's smallest um, youth hostel. Oh, wow. <laughs> which is actually run by somebody from the anarchist scene at the foot of Mount Fuji, and uh, they had about six guests. That's all they could. <laughs> oh, wow. That's quite small. <laughs> yeah. That's Japan. <laughs> yeah. So you've made a big move recently. Yes. I yeah. Mean, I mean, you spent half your life, well, not half your life, but a third of your life, let's say, in Brisbane, mm-hmm. and now you've wandered down to Melbourne yes. during a COVID-19 pandemic. I, I yeah. like that. Well, we, we came down um, end of, of 2018, 2019, mm. um, and, yeah, when COVID hit, I went back up to look after my mum for a little bit as mm. she was unwell. 
Um, and then came back down. Yeah. What, we let March. you back? Yes. <laughs> Did you, you let me back and then locked me in. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that could be. Yeah. <laughs> that could be as bad as the fire, so I can't go that far. <laughs> Did you have to quarantine and all that when you came back, or was it one of the periods where there was non-quarantine? Yeah, it was one of the periods when there was no quarantine. I did have to quarantine going up north. Yeah, um, yeah I can understand that. I don't want to be our germs up there. Yes. Yeah, nobody nobody wanted to hear anything about Melbourne. They all had bad things to say in Toowoomba. Really? Yeah. <laughs> we'll get our revenge when we go up there as tourists in the next few months and we will spread COVID-19. Yes, yeah. From the tip of Cape York down to Tweed Heads. They'll learn. Yeah. They'll learn <laughs> yeah. to disparage Melbourne. Because <laughs> yeah. they need Victorian dollars. Exactly. Yeah, because yeah. it's a tourist state. They think they're decentralised. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Without their coal industry, where would they be? Yes. Polluting the Barrier Reef? I don't know. Horrendous. We must have one listener in Queensland who's going to complain. (laughs) That's a big, big decision just to uproot. Bang. Mm. Yeah, it was was a while coming. We had been travelling a lot. um, And, yeah, my partner's brother lives down here and we'd kind of wrapped up our lives in Brisbane to an extent. Mm. Um, Mm-hmm. Ready for the new chapter. Well, you get that in life, don't you? You kind of think you're in a little cul-de-sac and you think to yourself, do I want to do this for the next 30 years mm. or do I want to try something different? And at least you had, you and your partner had the courage to try something different. Hopefully Melbourne doesn't disappoint. I, I love it here, yeah. You love it here? Yes, I do. I do. I love it here. And I've been very lucky to... Land at 3CR as well for this little stint, so um, yeah. I think well, it was the right decision. you'd be amazed how many Queenslanders live in Melbourne. Yes. People born in <laughs> Queensland. It's like a – it's kind of an entry card mm. to live in Melbourne because I'm part of that generation that left Queensland because of the Bjelke-Peterson regime, mm. and there are a lot of people now in positions of authority, apart from myself, obviously, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> here in Victoria who are ex-Queenslanders who actually left during that period, yeah, right. It was quite difficult for radicals then, because you were basically blacklisted, and that was it. You couldn't get a job anywhere in your in your chosen field. It was it was that that obvious. But obviously, you left mainly for opportunity. Do you think the the music scene's big enough here to incorporate <laughs> you and your partner in the band? I hope so. Um, I think it's like starting it over again. I mean, we we had mm. we've still got a a lot of friends here and built over time. Um, mm. But yes, I mean, the past couple of years have, has not been kind to the arts at all. Mm. So I think, but I think with this latest, our re, all of us re-emerging into the society and the world yeah. and community and yeah, building think, again, it's, I think it's going to come back really yeah, strong. The, yeah, the bloke I interviewed last week on Radical History, I think Dean Lombardo, he's, they're starting off at the Speckled Duck on the 11th of November. They've got a gig already. Oh, wow. And they hadn't had a gig for about 18 months or so. Yeah. And yeah. they're so excited. Yeah. I uh, think we'll be nervous, you know, to play again. It's oh, I, don't think, I don't think anybody cares what, what you sound like. <laughs> yeah. It's the fact that you're there yeah. and you're having a few drinks. Nobody would care. I'm sorry. Yes. Maybe after a few months we'd care. But at the minute, it's just the, it's just the fact like... Uh, the yeah. fact that you're there. Mm. You've got about five or six minutes to go. Mm-hmm. Now, I want to pick your brain. Yes. Now, you're an intelligent, young activist in comparison to me, obviously. <laughs> That's why I use the word young. Yes. Um, 
How do you think we're faring? Um, I think it's been a pretty scary time um, down here being with some of the actions that have been going on from the from the anti-vaxxers and and from the far right and um but i think that we are more organized and have more experience um and i think we i still have a lot of hope and a lot of optimism mm. um you have that same hope and op- optimism for us as a as a nation Oh, that's a really difficult question. Well, we do ask the difficult questions. <laughs> um, actually, yes, I do. I agree with you. Yeah. I mean, I remember what it was like in the 70s and the 60s, you know, and I look at it, what it's like here. There's a lot of issue-orientated uh, um, campaigns have gone really forward. Mm. You know, in, I mean, I was involved in stuff in 77, regarding uh, the environment and people just looked at you as if you were you know an anti-vaxxer basically in those days and now mm. it's a mainstream issue it's the same with gay rights mm. i mean uh, i remember it was illegal and then a, a popular sport was bashing gays and chucking them off cliffs in you know in sydney and drowning them in the torrents in south australia mm. so i think in a lot of areas we've progressed but i think in a lot of areas we've actually gone backwards mm. Mm. yeah uh, you're looking you're looking distraught there. <laughs> yes. I should put my mask back on. Um but I think with you know these kids having like climate sc- strikes and things like that mm. that gives me a bit of hope and mm. and also teachers, you know, um they are incredible in what they're you mm. know teaching young people and also young people in general are just so switched on, I think. Yeah. You know why? Why is that? They've been corrupted. <laughs> Corrupted by people like you and me. Oh, good. That's that's what's happened. You realise that, <laughs> yeah. and those who exercise power begin to realise this, and that's why they're trying to get rid of a lot of these groups and organisations. Mm. Yeah, amazing. You've been corrupted. So, if you had a parting thought for the masses of the universe, what what would it be? Um, that is really tricky. Um, you must have one thought. <laughs> I think uh, be kind and you'll find kind- kindness. That's Christian. Oh, no, I'm not Christian. <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. no, no, no. <laughs> treat others as you would expect them to treat you. Yes. It's the same concept, isn't it? Be yes, kind. Absolutely. You know, it does help. That's the interesting thing about being human, isn't it? You, you get all these... Um, mixed messages about other people in society mm. you know the gays the blacks you know the lesbos you know whatever you get all these mixed messages and when you put people in a room and you force them to interact uh, they begin to realize there's not much difference at the end of the day it doesn't yep. matter where you are where you wearing a burqa or where you are in a skimpy bikini at the end of the day you're a human being and you've got basically the same needs and mm-hmm. desires and aspirations. And although there's all these cultural and environmental inhibitions, it's you're human. Yeah. It's, it's amazing. That's why, as a, your sister would know as a journalist, that's why they used to embed journalists in army units. They, they learnt their lesson in Vietnam mm. because people begin to understand that the, you know, the Viet Cong were human beings, you know. So it's, just, yeah. uh, it's just an incredible thing. So mixing. 
is the key. So let's open up society. Let's get out there. Yes. What I think I try every week to meet somebody I've never met before. Wow. I try. It doesn't happen during COVID nineteen. Yeah. But because yeah. I think it, it gives you a, an extra dimension to the human experience, and mm. it helps you know to formulate your ideas. And I think the more mixing there is, the better it is. Absolutely. So I'm not into people living separate lives, but I'm interested in people being blended. Yeah. <laughs> That sounds nice. Let us blend. All right. <laughs> Let us blend, but we need a bit of colouring because at the end of the day, when you blend human flesh, it doesn't look very good. <laughs> now, look, it's been a pleasure speaking to you, Ines Tullock. Oh, thank you so much for having me. No, I, I think you're an addition to 3CR and uh, I would hang around the community, uh, if you can, the community radio scene in Melbourne. It's a big scene, not just 3CR. I reckon yeah. you've got a lot, a lot of talent to offer and if your musical career doesn't take off <laughs> you, you can stick in the community radio oh, sector I would love to it's a big has a big place yeah. in my heart yeah but you're very lucky you know I am I'm you know why lucky. you know why because the doors here are closed because of COVID-19 just oh. wait till they open up and you see the type of people that listen to this radio station they make no. four triple Z look normal <laughs> Were you just saying we need to blend? Well, that's what I mean. We need to blend. They need to rush into the door and get back and use all the stuff and sleep around the place and do all the things they used to do. Yeah. Thank you very much. It's been a pleasure talking to you. Uh, hopefully you and your partner and your band get on in life and maybe one day when you're rich and famous you'll say, I spent some time at 3CR. Oh.
Listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.